previously known as Doing It For The Dharma, I lovingly welcome you to Earth Mama Wisdom. Calling upon the wild souls of Mother Earth, this podcast offers you raw, real, and authentic conversations containing juicy, rich seeds of nourishing life wisdom. Hosted by Maria Mor, psychologist, yogi, Reiki master, mama, and women's mentor. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome, welcome back to a new episode. I'm so excited to be back in this space and very grateful to have this free little pocket of time where I can flow into this episode and allow it to be channeled out to you and I must say whenever I jump on unless I'm doing an interview I really don't know what I'm going to talk about (laughs) I have nothing planned Um, but I thought something that could be relevant um, would be my home birth story as that is something that I feel is very secret and something that I would love to to share that experience with you, especially for any um, mamas who are carrying life um, and are anticipating their own birthing journey. And I know something that was really, really helpful for me in empowering me in that process of natural home birth delivery was listening to the stories of other women who had been before me. And so I feel that... Yeah, it's really my duty to share that and it's something I've wanted to share for a while but it just really has not been the time or space for that to take place until this very moment, I feel. So I'm super, super excited and yeah, first of all, I want to say to the mamas, uh, the expecting mamas, um, I want to say that nothing can prepare you for birth. You can read all of the books and learn all the methods and go to the classes and watch the videos and listen to the podcasts and speak to your friends, um, which I feel is such a helpful and important tool to be informed and to learn about, you know, the physiological process of birth and and learn the tools and methods that can help you, such as working with your breath and activating the parasympathetic nervous system through relaxation through beautiful sacred touch from your partner through self-pleasure you know all of these tools are very beautiful and important to learn if you feel called to them Um, but also aside from that nothing absolutely nothing can prepare you for this journey that you are embarking on because really you are traveling deep 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 into the into the underworld of the feminine and the dark feminine the deep mystery that that unknown place that you really have to surrender into in order to bring forth new life and it is not an easy journey (laughs) it is like one of the craziest initiations I think any human could possibly ever embark on and yet women are doing it every single day all around the world and it's just not really acknowledged for how incredibly sacred and powerful and raw and real and transformative this process is we've almost just like mechanicalized it now over to the medical system where literally at least in the country that I'm currently living in the Dominican Republic is like handled like you're getting like your nails did you know it's like okay you're gonna give birth you go schedule a c-section and they don't offer like a natural delivery in the hospitals in this country or if you want that you really really have to fight for it Um, But yeah, this country I live in, the Dominican Republic, has the second highest C-section rate in the world, um, just underneath Brazil, which I think is the highest. And, you know, I'm definitely not discrediting the women who choose that path of a C-section, but I think it's so disempowering, Um, yeah, to live in a country that 
this is the main option and in this country like breastfeeding is not common um at least by the locals um you know they have their c-section the baby's put straight onto formula and breastfeeding is just not you know it's not even considered so for me like breastfeeding in public um sometimes it can be uncomfortable for the locals because they're just not exposed to it it's just not normal here um which unfortunately is yeah this over dependence of the the medical system you know because it can i believe from a little research be a little bit trickier sometimes um for breastfeeding when there is c-section maybe the milk just takes a little bit longer to come in and i don't know if the infant if the baby is given formula right away it can be tricky you know it can be difficult to establish that and ultimately from like a true medical perspective like c-section is the absolute final intervention that will be taken in an emergency you know not necessarily to be used as like oh yeah this is gonna save the doctor a bunch of time so he can be home before dinner so he doesn't want to wait around for a woman in labor for 16 hours so it's just easier that way you know for the men (laughs) for the male doctor um which is very very unfortunate and um again I just really want to emphasize like every woman's choice and of course like if you feel empowered in having a c-section then that's great for you um I think it's important that we're not shamed for any of our choices in birth um but I think the most important thing is that we do have choices you know that we're not just constrained by what our um, medical system offers us or what the norm is in society um and speaking as a woman who never thought she would be giving birth in life because she didn't want to, <laughs> uh, I've spoken many times in many episodes how like I really never wanted to have children, and I was like, was like, oh, birth, no, thank you, I don't want my body to be ruined, Mm-mm, like very superficial, you know. Um, but then you know, many years later, in in now being a mother and having that process of you know pregnancy which was so beautiful actually um to be pregnant to feel life growing in my womb like you just feel so sacred and so powerful and so connected to the the unseen realms and I really surprised myself because I really fell in love with my pregnant body so much um yeah because before I when I was younger I had those superficial views of like oh I don't want to be pregnant and ruin my body um that was like well before I would say a spiritual reawakening that I received and uh when I was in university um and I also did a lot of work in university I studied psychology one of the modules was um the psychology of appearance and embodiment and you know really empowering body image and how the media is so influential and the way we perceive ourselves and all of that so I was very hyper aware of um body image and really trying to reprogram a positive body image so you know and being pregnant I was so beautifully surprised at how much yeah I loved my physique and that beautiful bump and and I just thought it was so beautiful and I had an amazing photo shoot with a with a sister. I tried to upload the photos before, but because my my nipples were out, Instagram deleted the photos. I need to figure out a way to like cover my nipples in a nice way that isn't like you know. Oh, you have to cover your nipples because they're female nipples, which is ridiculous. But anyway, I, I'm so glad I did that photo shoot because I just think I look absolutely incredible with this like beautiful being you know bulging from my belly and yeah it was really amazing so I thought that was a really nice a nice surprise because I know that you know many women can experience um body dysmorphia and not feeling happy with their with their bodies whether they're pregnant or not so I just feel very um yeah very pleased that I had been able to do enough inner work to just love and accept my my body as it was growing this life and 
Yeah, it was a really cool experience. And again, I don't want to shame any women who don't, who are not in love with their pregnant bodies. I know it can, it can bring up a lot. It can add more weight. It can bring heaviness and aches and pains and all of that, which of course I experienced. Um, but yeah, I'm just sharing my experiences here. So I just really want to emphasize that, you know, what every woman is going through in her journey. Um, that's perfect for her and it's important we're not shaming ourselves because ultimately at the highest lesson we are working through our own karma and our own lessons and if we have to experience um, dissatisfaction with our bodies having that awareness that this is helping us to perhaps be inspired to then work with that you know work with learning to love ourselves with learning to accept ourselves and that takes us on a whole other journey so yeah i'm just really overemphasizing that this is just my experiences and where i'm at um so my birthing journey um i guess there's so much to it really um i knew instantly that i wanted to have a home birth um, I guess because I shared that the medical system here is only C-section and honestly like hospitals have never resonated with me the medical system in general has never aligned with me and I shared a little bit about that in my last episode as well and yeah I knew I wanted to give birth in water and I'd only ever seen one home birth video before and it was of a dear sister um, and it was my dear sister Lucy's actual sister giving birth and I watched her home birth video and when I saw that had emerge oh my goodness I just burst into tears it was so so sacred and I thought wow like this is such a different depiction of how we are shown the birthing process you know we're shown in movies and on tv like woman screaming and it's just very like dramatic and traumatizing and there's bright lights and doctors intervening and the woman's stressed and they're pumping all of this you know all the chemicals through the IV and there's gloves and to me that just sounds like a horror show you know that's just like oh it just is so unnatural and incredibly invasive and it just doesn't feel sacred I feel like the birthing process is so sacred to the initiation of a woman and yet we've kind of handed it over blindly to the patriarchal medical system and and now we believe that home birth isn't safe when it's what we've been doing since we existed as human beings you know only in the last couple hundred years or so or even in the last hundred years we're giving birth in hospitals and we think this is the way this is the safest way it's just it's a little bit insane really but this is how we've been conditioned and it was funny when the locals would hear that I'd have a home birth when they asked me because everyone has c-section and they think you're crazy they think you're absolutely nuts um which is funny, yeah, it's pretty funny, um, so yes, I wanted to share a little bit about my vision for birth, I really wanted to give birth outside, I thought that would be so cool, like under the full moon and outside and in nature, and and then I was thinking like, okay, that's not super practical, not, not really any privacy, there's hella mosquitoes here, um, if I don't give birth at night and have a long labor, it's sweltering hot in the day and it just, I didn't align. <laughs> I thought giving birth in the ocean would be epic, but the ocean here is very crazy and tumultuous and giant waves. So I opted for, you know, um, birthing in a, yeah, a birth pool in our little secret shack, our little wooden love shack um, that we lived in a few homes ago. And... I connected with a beautiful lady, Lindsay, who I should definitely bring on the podcast. She's like the town doula and everyone has Lindsay at her birth and she's just so soft and gentle and nurturing and amazing. And when we first knew that I was pregnant after our ayahuasca ceremony, we reached out to a doula straight away and got Lindsay on board. But of course, if you know my story, 
um, a little while after the doctors told me I wasn't pregnant and I went four months believing that so we kind of told Lindsay okay I'm not pregnant and she was like oh that's weird um, and uh, anyway so when it was confirmed that I really was pregnant we were right all along we got Lindsay back on the team and that all flowed and yeah it was just such an emphasis of like trust your intuition and not the medical system so Lindsay was on board and she was super cool so a doula for those who don't know is basically emotional support for a woman while she's giving birth there's not actually like any hands-on intervention um they're there for yeah emotional support they can help um release pains in labor such as like hip compressions and I went to Lindsay's birthing classes to learn about the physiological process of birth because there's a lot to it that you just probably wouldn't know otherwise like you know when labor begins when you lose the mucus plug and the waters break and active labor and all of this so that was really really helpful um if you are in cabarete and you are pregnant I highly recommend um getting in touch with Lindsay um another goddess I really wanted on my birth team was an amazing woman named Karina Jensen and she is a sacred birth keeper from the work of Emily Sorday and I really recommend her free birth society podcast which is what I was listening to when I was pregnant that had all of those beautiful empowering women's stories about the birthing process um so Karina has worked with Emily and is a good friend of hers and Karina is just an amazing sacred spirit and she is a birth photographer videographer and yeah, a sacred birth keeper, which essentially is like a spiritual midwife where there's no medical hands-on intervention, but she was really there as support. Um, and then I had my final member of the birth team, a beautiful, beautiful goddess, Mel, Mel Sadar. And um, yeah, she's just such an epic soul, mama of three. I should mention Lindsay has two, Karina has two and Mel has three and um yeah we just vibed straight away and Mel has had a home birth before and she's a medical nurse um and even though I didn't want any intervention I thought it would be wise to have a nurse on the team you know just as my just in case really as she yeah she's got a she's got a grip on the medical system whilst at the same time being this wild mama who also believes in the empowerment process of home birth and being hands-off um but she was really there also for emotional support and 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 my just in case as I think I felt like that made me feel comfortable as I didn't know what the birthing experience would be like obviously my first birth they say your second birth is a lot easier um well they say that but (laughs) you never know um so that was my team and um I did consider traditional midwife um originally um who are actually ingrained in the medical system and I had a very disempowering experience when I met um a couple midwives um because one of them took a look at my scan I only had one ultrasound um, actually that's all I had to so the first ultrasound I had was when the doctors told me I wasn't pregnant she was like from the scan like you are not pregnant so that was just very odd the second ultrascan I had when I was four months um, when it was confirmed I was pregnant after all this time and I was like okay I need to see this <laughs> I need to believe it because you know after everything that happened I was like all right let me see the proof because It was just, yeah, it was so many contradictory information and a very confusing time. Um, So that was the only ultrasound I had, Um, yeah, at four months. Then I didn't want to keep having ultrasounds. And again, this is every woman's choice, but I just felt intuitively that that UV radiation wasn't going to be necessarily very good for my little baby boy. And I knew he was a boy. I didn't need to check the gender. Um, We just knew that from the beginning. I knew that even before I came to this country when I had 
visions of um, birthing this baby boy with Alex. But again, this is another story that I have spoken about on other episodes. Um, and also Ayahuasca like told us, or I met him in the moon. He was very clearly a male. <laughs> um, so yeah, basically when I met the midwives, there was a pair, there was like a pet and they came together. And one of them was kind of encouraging me to like get more ultrasounds just in case because they didn't believe in breech birth. And um, my friend Isabella here had a home birth, water birth, and her baby was breech. Um, but midwives would divert you to hospital for C-section, so that didn't resonate. And yeah, I just felt really disempowered because one of the midwives took a look at my scan and she was like, hmm, it's possible here that you could have a low-lying placenta, which basically means that the placenta covers the cervix. So even when you're in your birthing process, like there literally wouldn't be room for the baby to come out because your placenta was blocking that. Now, really, there was no evidence of that on my scan. She just looked at it and was like, mm, this could be possible. But, you know, when I afterwards shared that with my doula and um, the other ladies, they were like, no, that's that's just, yeah, it could happen to anybody, but not from my scan. So I felt really disempowered by that. And it definitely planted the seed of doubt within me that, oh, could there be something wrong? Um, and that just didn't really feel good. And I really didn't want someone on my team who was going to plant seeds of doubt within me when intuitively, like I felt in my body that everything was fine, you know? So anyway, that was just an experience that happened. So I had my solid birth team. I had my birth pool and my contractions began in the morning um on the 7th of march that was my due date or maybe they started mm, no okay sorry no my contraction started in the morning of the 6th of march the 7th was my due date i gave birth on the 7th it's a long process um they started around like mm, i want to say like 10 11 a.m maybe and yeah, I was getting like little like period cramps and and I felt like this goo like coming out of me and I like ran into the shower and like squatted and I had lost my mucus plug, which is like this kind of jelly goo type thing. And I was like taking pictures of it and sending it to my sacred birth team WhatsApp group. Like, is this my mucus plug? Like, I'm not really sure. And they confirmed like, yeah. And that basically means that um yeah, labor has has begun and it doesn't necessarily mean active labor where it gets very intense and the contractions are close together, but the labor process has begun and losing your mucus plug can mean like, okay, birth could happen like anytime soon or it could happen like in a couple days, you know, every case is different. So over the day, like I definitely felt um, like the contractions is almost like period pains, like cramps and I just took it super easy. And then also, I really wanted to just be in the ocean. I think I just wanted to connect to that wild, feminine, raw energy. And I convinced my partner, Alex, to go on a beach walk with me so I could go in the ocean. And he's like, are you sure about this? Are you sure? Like, I was in labor and I was like, no, I'm sure. Like, I really want this. I feel like almost it's like a cleansing ritual for me. And I think I made it. I think I uploaded an Instagram post like labor has begun and you know my sacred waters are releasing and yeah it was it was cool because it was like I think it was my mucus plug and my waters maybe that released yeah I think my waters had also released in the mucus plug that was it because I ran to the shower I remember now I felt like I felt like I was peeing and I was like, what the hell? So I ran into the shower. My partner was on the toilet. And I just like squat down and this water like gushed out of me. And with that water was my mucus plug. I remember now. So my water's broke in the morning. Okay, cool. Uh, it was like eight months ago now. So <laughs> you kind of forget the details until you revisit them. Um, yeah, so I really wanted to go for a beach walk and it wasn't the sunniest day it was a little cast over and it was a little cloudy but I was like no I really want to go and I 
I had to like, as we were walking, I had to stop a few times because my contractions were getting stronger. And Alex was like, are you sure you want to be here and not at home? I was like, no, no, like, I'm sure I want to go to the ocean. And the beach is quite like where we lived then, the waves are quite intense. Um, you can't just swim so easily, at least for me, because I'm afraid of big waves. And I wanted to walk to the far end of the beach where I knew that was like a little bit shallower and it was less crazy. So like we're slowly walking the whole way with my big belly and my waters broke and my contractions and cramps. And, and I end up just being able to get into the ocean. And by then it started raining lightly. Now, reminder, we live in the Caribbean, so, you know, it's still very warm and the waves were getting choppier and Alex is like oh my god like what are you doing and I was like let me just cleanse like I felt like I just had to purify my body and mother ocean and and as I was doing so a beautiful sister Whitney walked past with her husband as they were on a beach walk and she was like oh my god like I just saw your Instagram post like you're in labor you're in the ocean I was like yeah hi <laughs> she thought it was so funny um but it was really nice and then the rain got heavier and I was like okay I guess we should like slowly make our way back and then actually it got like crazy rain so we had to stop and take shelter somewhere and I think we're huddled under this little cafe and I'm in labor and like no one really knows it's kind of funny right so anyway we waddle home and take it slow and and just chill for the rest of the day really just soak up those last moments of just just us two and um we just I've we decided to take a quite an early bedtime because I felt like if my labor is begun like I'm not gonna be able to rest for a long time so um I think we took a nap at like maybe 7 or 8 p.m and then we didn't wake up until 11 which went I woke up because I had a giant surge. Um, yeah, like I like also to use the word surge instead of contraction because contraction like can be associated with pain whereas surge is more like energy. So I had a really giant surge that woke me out of my sleep. And it was, yeah, it was a little, it was a little on the intense side and I just kind of like nudge Alex. I'm like, okay, go get the, get the birthing pool like set up um because I think maybe he'd blown it up in the day already and I was like oh, yeah I think that's right and I was like go fill up the the pool like I think it's happening I think it's time I let my sacred birth team know and then you know I just I think I just let I think they arrived pretty quickly a couple of the ladies arrived quickly and they came and they lit incense and put fairy lights and had candles and nice music and because it was a little bit stressful for Alex because I'm like going through like some intense surges now and he's like rushing around to fill up the pool and it's like a little like anxious and but when um I think it was Mel and Karina that arrived first I want to say they just came in with just this powerful calming like feminine energy and yeah they lit incense and put the candles and the nice music and they instantly made it like such a zen beautiful environment and it just really allowed me to relax and um Alex definitely relaxed and it was just like a playful energy it was like it was so beautiful and I really loved that home that we lived in it was such a sacred little nest that we made um and yeah and then my labor was basically in the water and there was beautiful like fresh fruits they brought me like coconut water that was fresh um Mel had made like these amazing cookies that I'd requested and it was just like a very sweet process I wanted Alex in the pool with me I wanted him naked because I was naked but he wasn't like <laughs> he wasn't so comfortable with that with like three women in the room and like there's photos and like birth video being taken but I was like okay fine keep your boxes on but I wanted like to feel his skin like on my skin and just feel so safe and so held and a lot of my labor really was um was Alex just holding me and, and nurturing me and stroking my hair and and we were breathing together and it was a very like sacred like tantric experience very very intimate 
I wanted like minimal interaction with the ladies um you know I just I just kind of wanted it to be just us two and then in the more intense surges you know then Mel and the ladies would come over and they'd massage my hands massage my head feed me um fruits and cookies and coconut water and it was very nourishing I felt very very safe and held um but then as the time went on and it was a long process uh, my surgeries were getting a lot more intense and the intense yeah like it was it was quite intense and they were getting closer together and yeah I think in total my active labor so like active labor being like when the surgeries are quite close together I'm pretty sure it was like 14 hours of like intense labor which is like a long time so naturally I'm like okay I'm an impatient person anyway but I'm like why is this taking so long you know I didn't actually have any concept of time other than you know I was laboring through the night and you know the next day comes and you see the light shine in and the birds trap and I'm like why am I still here like why is this taking so long and um I wasn't I wasn't sure how long this was supposed to take you know and and I was like to Karina like is something wrong with me like why is this taking so long and she was just really affirming gently like no like this is natural like this is really normal like everything's fine um but what I had in the back of my mind was that midwife who I felt really disempowered me when she mentioned I could have a low-lying placenta which would block my cervix and then I wouldn't be able to give birth and I need a c-section so that honestly was like in the back of my mind and was definitely a fear of mine that that was true and I'm so sad because it did definitely disrupt my birthing process whereas like ideally in birth you're just able to relax and surrender and drop into the parasympathetic nervous system as much as you can um, which encourages the release of hormones such as oxytocin and endorphins which basically acts as a natural pain killer it numbs the pain when you have these beautiful juicy loving nurturing um, hormones flowing through you from you know just being so nourished in your birthing environment but because I did have that in the back of my mind um, I definitely wasn't fully in my surrender like sweet feminine I was definitely also in my you know in my fear as well like my my um my sympathetic nervous system was activated my fight or flight my like stress response you know that means that cortisol is is actually traveling through your body the stress hormone um, which can intensify any pain sensations that you feel so because I was in that after such a long time I was like why is this ha why am I not giving birth yet um, yeah I definitely went in the in the fight flight response and although I didn't show that outwardly like I definitely felt it in my mind which also can slow down the the birthing process and and I would like check myself occasionally like stick my fingers inside and like be like I don't feel anything like why is this taking so long and they just like assured me like everything's fine and I'd switch environment and like go into the shower because mind you like by then my surges were very 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 intense and quite close together so it got to the point where like I couldn't even take a bite of a cookie and chew it and swallow it because my next contraction would come my next surge would come by the time I'd like put it in my mouth and I I ended up going like yeah I think 14 16 I don't know if it was 16 hours or 14 hours but a long time where I was getting like physically exhausted because it was so intense and I couldn't eat anything because my surges were so strong and to throw another mixture in that is I was also throwing up be common as well in birth so it was just I was just a mess ultimately I mean like why this is horrible 
in Indiana, it was so intense. I was drinking coconut water and like throwing it up and it got very intense and I would like go in the shower and yeah, it was rough. It was really rough. Like I laid on the bed one time. I was, I was in a lot of pain, honestly. And I feel like because I was in that stress response of like, oh my God, what if my placenta is blocking and the baby can't come out? I'm like, God damn that midwife. Does she really have to do that? Does she really have to say that to me? But at the end of the day, at the highest level, like, yeah, she did have to say that for whatever comic reason because I had to go through the experience that I did. But um, yeah, I'm just a little saddened that it kind of disrupted my sacred process. But um, yeah, I really felt like I was going back and forth into like the underworld. <laughs> and um, everyone, because it was taking so long and it was the middle of the night and um, my birth team were like taking turn to naps, you know, like one person would go for a nap and then they'd like, you know, lay on the floor and nap and switch and everyone was getting to rest, but I wasn't able to rest and my body was getting so exhausted and tired and fatigued and drained and hungry and throwing up. And at one point, Alex said, just at one point, he got a little scared and he was worried because he was like holding me and he thought I was going to faint and like pass out because I was just had such little left in me to give and he said he was worried at that point for a little bit um but somehow somehow I persevered it was fine or maybe I don't know he was worried for that little little bit of time he said but and it was so crazy because between my contractions they were very short apart but I would close my eyes fall asleep have a dream and wake up for my next surge which would be like only two minutes later. And when you're that exhausted and tired, um, I was dreaming for like two minutes, you know, going straight into that state because it's just so depleted. Um, and anywho, at one point I was like, why, why is this taking so long? Again, like putting my fingers inside to check. I was like, I don't feel anything like this can't be right. And um, I definitely got stressed and worried and overwhelmed. And they were like, okay, okay. Like, um, if you want some reassurance, like Mel has her, what's it called? Like a stethoscope or something like that where they can listen to the heartbeat. And they were like, would you like us to check for the heartbeat? And I was like, okay. And they lay me down on the bed and they couldn't find the heartbeat. So I was like, oh God. So then what also was running through my mind is like, well, my baby could not be alive because I was going through such a hard time. Like it was really difficult and I didn't have any like pain, medication, gas and none of it. It was just me, my body, the birthing process and God. And like it was intense, like it was really insane. Um, And they couldn't find a heartbeat. And I was like, oh, wow. So now now in the mix is like, am I going to have to have a c-section and like have a stillbirth and it was just a lot to process but at the same time like it sounds so weird but at the same time in my head I just kind of like accepted like okay if this is gonna be a stillbirth and that's what it's gonna be and I just came to this like deep deep sense of acceptance inside of me it's very interesting like when you're that deep in that almost like a psychedelic state in your birthing process that you just have to reach the highest level of acceptance and let it go and um yeah surrender in order to birth you can't be holding on and but anyway so I'm in and out of the pool the water was helping me with my surges to a certain extent Lindsay's coming over and like bringing in hot water to make it nice and warm and there's like rose petals in the water but by this point in the labor it's like murky like disgusting water like there's pineapple like floating around in the water because um I think we accidentally dropped the ball in there it's just like a mess by then you know but um while I'm at the point of like actually birthing Solar's head um I'm in the water and I'm like I'm feeling some sensations I never felt before I think not in a good way I think they call it the ring of fire when that head is crowning and 
and for me i was having this experience of like it was so tough to get like get the head out and it was honestly like for me in my experience like it was the most insane pain like i've ever felt in my body like who knew like a human being could like withstand such pain and again like to emphasize i was in the stress response if i was in like parasympathetic relaxed state then oxytocin endorphins would have like coated a lot of that but i really was not in that space unfortunately and uh yeah it was insane and the head would like come out a little bit which was so painful and then it would suck straight back in and then it would come out a little bit which again was extremely painful and it sucked straight back in so this was like going on for so long like going through the most extreme pain of getting this head out just to have it go in to start all the way again and I was like kind of getting angry like oh it's it's not working like I can't do this like yes you can and that's like the moment of like breakthrough when you when you think you can't do it is when you know like oh birth is coming like it's such a classic they say that um if you're like saying I can't do this which I was then you know like you're giving gonna give birth very soon (laughs) um anyway eventually with this extreme raw from my being that I have never experienced before I've got that freaking head out which was like (laughs) his head was like a alien head like it was so long because it has to be to go through the birth canal like guys you have no freaking idea or if you give him birth like yeah you do but this was just the worst thing ever (laughs) in a way it was a little bit traumatizing for me I must say I'm not gonna lie it was it was intense but you know after that after the head's birthed the rest is just it's easy for me it was just like okay the head's out it just slithers on out um but again like I didn't know if my baby was alive or not so it was intense um like I really had no idea um but then I give another little push and then I feel these little hands grabbing my thighs in the water he's like pinching my thighs and I'm like oh my god I get goosebumps as I share this because I'm like oh my god like I can feel him he's alive you know he's grabbing me and it was insane and then I I think I did another little another big push or two and again it was nothing compared to the head and and so that it was birth but he's birthed in the water and the water's like murky as hell and I'm like fishing around in the water I don't know where he is and it was almost like a funny a funny moment and also a funny moment um there are actually some other funny moments in this where like where um throughout my birthing process when I was having surges I was going ah, you know like you have to like vocalize the pain and my birth team were trying to get me to go deep like make ooh sounds as it opens the cervix more and so they asked my partner Alex to ohm every time I was like ah so that I could try and bring it to a deeper pitch to open my cervix so the whole time we're omming throughout my whole birth like ooh and Alex is like omming properly and I remember while I was in the pushing phase Alex was still umming and at one point and I was like Alex stop like shouted at him like in the like funniest way like I was so nice the whole time I know that women can obviously like be a little like intense and bitchy with their partners and they're giving birth like don't touch me (laughs) you know but I wasn't I was actually very nice to him but yeah the only moment I cracked was when I was pushing and I'm like Alex stop and they just thought they all thought it was hilarious but of course in the time they don't show that because I'm in the most intense part of my birthing process but I just snap at him so hard and he stops and then I like give another roar and uh yeah so I was born and he's like floating around somewhere in that murky water and I, I don't know where he is and I have to fish around for him and then I find him you know obviously he's attached to his cord so he he can be 
underwater and, and breathing and alive because he was in my sacred waters for almost 10 months so anywho I reached down and fished him out and oh my goodness Karina captured this moment on video my birth video was so sacred I really would love to share it on social media but I've almost received like this is too sacred to share um so maybe I'll do what a dear sister of mine MJ is doing where she's like offering the link to women who would like to witness sacred birth and maybe I'll send it in a private way like that but um yeah definitely is too sacred to share the full video and of course like I'm naked as well um and I know Instagram wouldn't like that so (laughs) anywho I fish him out of the water like I was the one to bring him up to my breast and that was just so amazing and and oh my god that moment is like you just can't believe it you know it's just it's it's quite unbelievable to bring this life this being that you've created out from these murky waters like into the light it was now and he was born at 111 of course uh, in the afternoon so by now like it's light you know and it was just amazing to gaze into his beautiful eyes and he was so freaking tiny he was so small he weighed 6.9 pounds um yeah we weighed him but we didn't do anything else i didn't measure him or anything like that but he was so unbelievably tiny which makes sense because i i didn't get big in my pregnancy i wanted my belly to be like huge and waddle around but it just never got big sometimes if I was facing forward, like, you could barely tell I was pregnant, which is kind of wild, but, anyhow, we just, we're just, like, enamored by him, by his presence, like, straight from God into my arms, through my sacred portal, like, wow, there is nothing like that experience in the whole world, no psychedelic you take, I don't think, can bring you to that same state of experience, because it was just, incredibly sacred and um and we didn't check his gender for a while but in the end I was like oh is he a boy or a girl (laughs) we went for a long time just staring at him and then I opened his legs and he was a boy and I just burst into tears because it confirmed like all of the visions that I had had all of these sacred experiences like on ayahuasca and I connected to him in the moon and he told me his name was so loud and like this whole time we knew it was a boy and like for him to actually be a boy it just confirmed like all of these experiences were so real you know all of the magic that unfolded he was communicating with us through spirit realm and it was all so real and it was just like a wave of like huge emotion in that moment um because it was funny because all of the locals here every time they saw my belly they were like embre embre which means like girl like everyone every local like because was convinced i was having a girl so at one point i was almost even swayed like maybe we are having a girl and we came up with a girl name um but no it was so loud (laughs) this whole time so yeah that was my birthing process and we gently got out the pool and held my beautiful babe and he he latched straight away and um drank a little colostrum yeah he was a a really great nurse from the beginning um and then you know the next the next part of birth really is birthing your placenta like you think the job's done and then you're like oh damn like i still have to birth his placenta or my placenta and so that is obviously still attached to the placenta and another thing in hospital they do is they cut the cord right away where really like a third of the baby's blood is in the placenta um and to cut them off from all of those nutrients and like a third of that blood supply is just not it's not a great practice so delayed cord cutting is just so recommended so many benefits definitely look into that if you were unsure um and i wanted to keep keep so that um yeah attached as long as possible and eventually i don't think too long after maybe like an hour half an hour to an hour later 
I birthed the placenta, which, yeah, was a little bit intense, but nothing like the birth, birthing a human. Um, and, um, and by then, like when I'd birthed the placenta, the cord had already gone like white and dry, which meant he'd received all of his blood supply and a lot of the stem cells and nutrients. So, um, yeah, we, I wanted to have a sacred, um, cord burning ceremony, um, where my partner Alex could really be a part of that ceremonial process of, you know, detaching mother from baby, like no, no longer one being, but now two separate beings. And I really felt that it would be very powerful if Alex was the one who were to, yeah, burn the cord, um, the divine masculine, just holding space for that, that separation ultimately. And so, um, we had a little cord clamp and, Karina brought over this special wooden box where you have the candle and she brought a special candle and uh, it took quite a while to burn actually. It does take a little bit of time but eventually the cord was burned and then we just let his other little part of the cord just just remain on him and over the days it like dried up and shriveled up and just falls off naturally and he has the cutest little inny belly button now. <laughs> so um yeah and it was just wild and my placenta I wanted to consume a little bit of it of it because I knew that yeah there was also still some stem cells in there and nutrients that would be would be beneficial to me so my doula made me a smoothie and she put upon my request a little bit of my placenta in there and um it was fine actually it was just it tasted a little bit like irony um but other than that, it was fine. It was like a berry smoothie, so you couldn't really tell. Um, you know, and and gradually, one by one, like my birth team left. I think we needed to take the birth pool down. So I messaged my neighbor, Kathy, another beautiful sister, beautiful goddess. And I asked her if she could, we could borrow like her pump to like take down the pool and and she walks in and it's like I've just given birth like this baby so lies in my arms my whole birth team around me and she walks in and she bursts into tears because she was like this is the most sacred environment like I've ever entered before and it was very like emotionally overwhelming for her and it was so beautiful and we got her to take a little photo of like us and the team and yeah that was very special I'll never forget that um so anyway the birth pool got taken down one by one like my birth team leaves and then it's just alex myself and so loud <laughs> you're like whoa like what now it was crazy it was such a it was such a wild experience to just have this little being now and we were just in awe of him like he was just so precious so secret and just so like in another realm still he hadn't quite arrived fully and he was having these little like jitters um of energy like his whole body would just shake and vibrate and i was like whoa like what is is this okay is this normal and it would happen like every few seconds and if he was asleep it would wake him up and disturb him um but eventually it went away and and my doula was like everything's you know everything's normal like he's just he's just been birthed so he has to adjust and Alex is like, you know, he's gone from like soul form to physical form in this reality. Like, it's gonna take a little adjustment, and I think over the next, they they faded out by like the end of the day, quite quickly. Um, yeah, and we just had this new little being, and it was insane. It was super insane, and it was so beautiful and and wild and of course he's a new baby so like he has to be on my breast like every hour which is you know then the work begins and my milk came in like two days after I gave birth I think which or even like a day and a half or two days it was very quick even my doula Lindsay was like this is very fast um and I remember overnight like my breast became just so engorged they were so full it looked like I had had a boob job. They were just so full and so hard and actually so painful. Even just to rest my arm down like by the side of my body, it would touch my breast slightly and be very painful. Like I, my milk came in like crazy and 
And it was so hard that I don't even think I could breastfeed. It was just too much for so lot of so my God bless Lindsay. She came around. She showed me how to set up my breast pump. And I had to pump a lot of uh, the milk out. And I felt like a cow. <laughs> like, you know, like a factory farm cow. And just like, it's so sad. But I was like, this is so weird. Um, and then, yeah, eventually got the hang of like breastfeeding. And so a lot is exclusively breastfed to this day, which has been incredibly taxing yet i guess very rewarding in terms of like bonding and hormones and beautiful oxytocin and endorphins that are released and and all of that but yeah it has been very demanding you know a lot of for a long time he was having to breastfeed every hour and then and then it was every two hours and now like i can he's eight months and i can go like every three to three and a half to four out four hours if i'm extremely lucky and he's eight months old you know <laughs> it's like it's a lot when he's exclusively breastfed it's very demanding on the mother but yeah i'm proud of myself for um being able to to do that and um yeah it was really beautiful but then like you know, if you know our story a little bit, it, it got intense because it did get very, very hot in the apartment that we lived in. And um, we lived in a wooden shack and ultimately like it would get so hot in midday that we'd have to leave and go to the beach. And um, basically we were there for a week and by the by that week we had to move because Solada was overheating he was getting like red and hot and I really wanted it to be such a secret recovery process where I'm literally not supposed to leave the bed I'm not supposed to even get up and walk around and yet it was too hot to be inside so we literally had to you know I think Solada was like a day two days old and I had to walk down this like a few flights of stairs after giving birth walk into like the community garden set up a little tent and um it was really overwhelming at one point because there was loads of local children who lived in the area and they were all running up to me like trying to touch Solar's face like so excited like little kids and and I was in such a vulnerable raw state and I just felt so overwhelmed and just like so unguarded and it was a little bit like in a way like traumatizing i know that sounds weird but you're just in such a a vulnerable state your new new baby is not even supposed to be like doing anything like supposed to be inside and nurtured but yeah it was it was a little tricky time and um we we had to set up a little tent on the front porch in the end because it had a little bit of a breeze and it was just too hot to be inside and that made things very very difficult to like have this brand new baby and be like in a tent I remember facetiming my friend um from back home Lydia and we're on facetime and she's like hold on are you in a tent you just gave birth what's going on and I was like yeah oh my god it was a crazy time and we realized like we just can't we can't live here we love this space but with a newborn with a baby it's not practical if he's overheating so we had to uh we had to move um very suddenly literally from one day to the next pack up our lives and just move and we moved to an area that was really really far away from our community in the town into a place I didn't really like or resonate with but we had not really any other choice and it was loud and noisy and I didn't know anyone and it was very local and lots of music and barking dogs and basically I was very unhappy in the environment that we moved to and and I developed postpartum depression in that place and it was just a really difficult time and we stayed there for like five or six weeks and then I was like, I literally can't be here. <laughs> and my, my mental health was just plummeting like so low. I felt so isolated, so alone. Like Alex was out working a lot. It's just me at home with Solar and he's feeling my stress. He also had colic, which is like issues with his digestive system and was just in pain and crying all the time. It was just like the worst time of my life, hands down. Um, so we moved again and we moved into this beautiful new space and it's just such a secret home for us and you know in my last episode I talked about my healing journey with healing my postpartum with um, microdosing mushrooms was a great help and 
Yeah, and now like eight months in, we're in a yeah, we're in a beautiful space together and things are so hot and so challenging, but we're doing it and I'm so proud of us and we have the most beautiful, happy, content baby boy who's just yeah, an absolute light being of this realm and I'm so so grateful to to have him, you know, and to have birthed him and to have been the one to bring him to my breast and yeah, it was a really powerful experience as hard and difficult and challenging as it was. Um it was all worth it. They all say that, don't they? It was all worth it. <laughs> it really was. Um yeah, so that was my birth story. So thank you so much for listening. Um if you have any questions or um, if you actually would like to watch my birth video, maybe send me a message on Instagram and I can always send you the link, especially if you are um, pregnant. It's just, yeah, it's beautiful to to witness other birth experiences. It's very empowering, I find. Um, yeah, so I'm going to leave this one there. So thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Um I'm hoping to have some interviews come up soon as well with other inspiring souls. Um, again, emphasizing it just won't be, it won't, this podcast won't all be about birth and, and babies and pregnancy. Um, but that definitely will be some episodes because this is part of my life now. <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll definitely be diving into other avenues as well. So Thank you again so much for listening. I really appreciate you all sharing this space with me. So much love.